your pronunciation is good, you don't have an English accent, which yeah. you uh, shouldn't be striving the for. The accent reduction fad, uh, not even fad, but like the craze drives me crazy. It's crazy enough that I've done a YouTube series on the accent reduction myth. It drives me crazy. Like why Why would you want that? Why, why would you want you to want reduce that? your accent? Like it's, it's something that shows that it's who you are. It's where you're from. there welcome back to another very special episode of the more than english podcast and so uh, i'm here with harry waters dr harry waters it's not actually a doctor but i like calling him that what's up harry oh no i'm happy to be a doctor i actually interviewed a real life doctor uh one who you know saves people's lives and stuff like that the other day so that was nice in fact he was a doctor and he had a phd Oh, so he's a double doctor. Yeah, so he likes to call himself Josh Parsons, MD, PhD. <laughs> Wait, he likes to call himself that? Well, that's kind of. I, I don't uh... know. He might not. I was like, do you call yourself Dr. Josh, PhD? And he's like, no, no, no. Josh Parsons, MD, PhD. He's like, oh, cool. Oh, well, he's the guy yeah. who I used to live with at university, and he has two doctorates. So I could just borrow one of his, I guess. There you go. Dr. Harry Waters from. Renewable English is back and we are, there it is, representing for those who are watching us live. By the way, if you are listening to the replay on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, if you would like to join us live and be involved in the discussion and the conversation, there is a More Than English for Teachers and Students Facebook group. You're welcome to join and come and watch us live in video form. And by the way, if you are watching us live or if you are in the group, we're available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and all of that as well. So we have a cool topic for you today. And by the way, just a little, I guess, summary of what we are doing with this podcast and kind of the direction that it's headed. And what we're excited about is bringing our experience. My over 15 years, I guess, of experience. Harry, what do you have? Around the same. Over 14 years. <laughs> yeah, so almost 30 Pretty years similar. of experience combined. Uh, and we're just bringing to you from teachers' perspectives, from learner perspectives, just ways that we can uplift this industry and change it to make it better for both teachers and learners alike. So if you guys have any ideas, if you guys have any things that, that you would like discussed, then you're more than welcome to reach out to either of us and let us know. Exactly. So today we're talking about non-native English speaking teachers. This is a hot topic, especially among non-native English speaking teachers, uh, because it... It's a very sensitive issue, I found. Right? It's a very Definitely. sensitive issue because it involves people's livelihoods. People are blocked jobs because of this. They're, they're cut off of jobs. Like qualified teachers are passed up because they're non-native English speakers. And there are a lot of myths that go along with that that I don't know if we'll have time to get into all of those today. It's kind of a deep topic, but it's good to get the conversation started 
and to see where it goes. So I'm excited about this topic. How about you? Uh, very much. Um, in fact, this Wednesday, we just passed on Teachers Talk Radio, something Jesse's been a guest on. Everybody tune into that. Um, nice. I had a couple of of nests, non-native English speaking teachers. There you go. Um, obviously, the native English speaking teacher is a nest. Um, so, yeah, I had a couple of those on and we had a, a talk about the topic. And it is something that now we hear this said a lot nowadays, you know, it's 2021, you know, people complaining about, I don't know, let's say somebody talks or complains about uh, gay marriage. And people say, it's 2021, why are you talking about that? Or somebody complains about somebody's choice of gender, well, no, somebody's gender, not choice of gender, somebody's gender. It's 2021, you know, why are you complaining about this? This is another thing for me, this, you know, non-native teacher, it shouldn't be a hot topic. It really shouldn't be a hot topic because for me, if somebody's qualified to do a job, they're qualified to do a job, like regardless of you know where they're from, where where they were born, and and this idea of a a non-native English speaking teacher. I mean, how often do you define yourself by what you're not? You know, I'm not a I'm not a non-hairy human you are hairy yeah well on, on might my beard, be a bad yeah. example yeah. well i mean your I'm name i'm not a non-short <laughs> non person am i i'm not a non-fat person i'm not a you know i don't know this whole defining these these teachers in particular i, I can understand in general when you're speaking of somebody who's learning the language as being a non-native uh, speaker that's fair enough for it not being their mother tongue great but when you're speaking about a teacher why would you define them in that way. I mean, it really upsets me that people are passed over because of of where they're born. And it's, I don't think it's really the fault of institutions and academies and stuff like that, because I don't yeah. think they would generally have a problem with it. The fault lies in the parents or the customers who for some reason think- The market. Exactly. For some reason think, well, if I've got a native teacher, I'll be able to. Now, this links nicely to what you were talking about before um, on on the on your group, the um, or, or was it on Instagram? I can't remember where we talked about it. We talked about it on a social media about pronunciation. Mm. The only thing a native teacher has to a non-native teacher, I'm calling them that for one of just using a very long explanation yeah, for that for the term the recognized term, I guess. Exactly. Um, the literally the only thing that that we have is we have a a better a, a better no a different accent. We have the received pronunciation. We have the American accent that a lot of people get mixed up in and think, oh, my pronunciation is bad. It's like no, your pronunciation is good. You don't have an English accent, which yeah. you oh, shouldn't be striving the for. The accent reduction. Fad, not even fad, but like the craze drives me crazy. Crazy enough that I've done a YouTube series on the accent reduction myth. It drives me crazy. Like why? Why would you want that? Why, why would you want you to want reduce that? your accent? Like it's it's something that shows that it's who you are. It's where you're from. And when I speak Spanish, do I speak with a perfect Spanish accent? No, but no. it adds character. It shows it that your brain. Character. And you know, you've been the out there, you've that... learned another language, like you've been brave and you've done that. So, And I really think that that's the, 
the only real benefit to having a, a native English-speaking teacher. I don't think there's well, a lot more that's going for them. I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna disagree a little bit because uh, I think there are other benefits. I, I guess advantages. And by the way, one of the things I'd like to talk about later are advantages. There are absolutely advantages that I see about having a non-native English speaking teacher. And I'll get into my ideas of that. But some of the advantages of a native speaker are the nuances. I think that's the biggest thing. More than like a pronunciation, like we have a sense, we have it internalized. And a lot of the time we have to learn, like that's one of the things about the ego method that I do it, that people that learn it kind of have their eyes opened to how their own language works because it's observation, it's awareness of the nuances, it's awareness of how we use the language. And um, and I think that's an advantage that native speakers have. And fair enough, like we all have advantages. That's why we have jobs. That's why you have a job. That's why we are, that's why we are the source in an institution. But um, I wouldn't even say that the, the fault lies with the parents. It's just a matter of being educated. And that's yeah. one of the reasons why we're doing this is to educate people on the misconceptions that they have about activities. Like we talked about last week, just getting in the routine, like will versus going to like, that's just what we do this year in this unit. Right? No, it doesn't have to be that way. It's that awareness. It's that education and raising the standard because it is the market that demands it. And I think it's the responsibility to change starts with like us what we're doing here is a great thing and i hope that like word gets out but also to academies academies need to stand strong against these parents that don't want their kids to study with a non-native teacher because they will pick up their accent they will not pick up their accent they will not no. pick up an accent from two hours of game time a week Come on. No. That's just that's ignorance. That's straight out ignorance. And um, I guess you can tell that I get fired up by this. Yeah. Well, a lot of it as well, particularly here in Seville, is, um, you know, the the way it looks. You know, it's all, a lot of it's about the way it looks. And you know, if you have oh, yeah. a native teacher, then that's obviously seen as being better because you go to a more a more esteemed, prestigious academy. You know, your child has a native teacher. But for me, like you know, what you're talking about with the nuances and stuff like that. Yes, in some respects, if you know where to find these nuances, if you know how yeah. to teach them. But like I'm, yeah. when we're talking about native versus non-native teacher, I'm not talking about, you know, experienced teachers 50, 10, 15 years down the line or, you know, because yeah. teachers like myself, yourself, you know, I would put myself on a par with, with most other teachers because I have the experience, I have the training, um, you know, so I, I've been there. I've done that. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm more thinking the kind of early stages of employment, especially. So when yeah. so, you know, oh, an academy yeah. will, will, will overlook a trained teacher who's from Spain, who spent their entire life studying to become an English teacher. They know the grammar inside out. They know the, the idioms. They know how to teach. They know the language. They, they love the language. You know, they love they, they, they've read it. literature. They've, they've watched films. <clears throat> and then you get somebody who's, you know, 23, looks good. Over in just come across. And, uh, 
Exactly. They've just come across from from wherever um, and they're like, well, that person gets the job because they're a native speaker and they've done their month long course. So that's all good. You know, you've got people with masters who are out there applying for jobs and they're just like, no, sorry, you don't you don't get it because, you know, you're you're not native. No, it's it's illegal in Spain to advertise for a job to to somebody being native or non-native. Um, but does that stop employers not hiring people who don't speak English as their mother tongue? I don't imagine so. They can't advertise for it, but you know, when they get the the two people there in the room, exactly, yeah, they get the CV. Oh no, this person isn't qualified. Why not? Well, look at the name. But you know, there's there's yeah. no way to stop that. You know, it's it's difficult to stop that. But yeah, I think it is educating the market that these people. These people, you know, are equally, if not better qualified in a lot of instances. Now, yeah. in the observations that I've done, because I've observed a lot of teachers, there have been, now I'm not saying every non-native teacher is amazing. No, they're not. There are rubbish teachers in, everywhere and there are great teachers everywhere. But of the observations that I've done, the 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 bad observations have far more frequently been from the native teacher who kind of walks in there thinking, well, I speak English, so I can teach English. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can That's run, a rookie mistake, by I the way. Teach, yeah. That's a rookie mistake that an should be left in the rookie years, but sometimes it is not. <laughs> well, exactly. And you know, it was, it was funny because the other day we were talking um, on Teachers Talk Radio and, and one of the ladies said, well, my my parents are biologists, but that doesn't make me a biologist. You know, I you know I'm actually, I've studied all my life to be an English teacher. I'm not a biologist. So, and and then we talked about the. So let's look at a, a football player, for example. Now, yeah, I was just going to bring up sports. This happens all the time in sports. Like a a great father and the the son wants to follow in his footsteps, but he just like that's not his path. Exactly. But then, like, let's imagine you've got, I don't know, let's say um, Messi's kids become footballers. Okay, great. And, I don't know, Elon Musk's kid becomes a footballer. You're not going to be saying about Messi's kid, well, he's an athletic footballer, but Elon Musk, he's a non-athletic footballer. So I'm afraid, you know... Don't know if you can get the job because she don't actually have He's an not athletic a background. Football. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not. You're a non-native athletic footballer, I'm afraid. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid we're not going to give you the million-dollar contract. We're going to give it to Messi's son purely because he's a native. Like, come on. Yeah, it, it I mean, doesn't so, bear much yeah. relevance. Exactly. Exactly. And they might. He might actually get a foot in the door because of his name. But then again, that's the market. But then again, he would have to perform. You know, it's not just that. We have a comment. Um, Hi, Jesse. Hello, Harry. Blessed day to have all of you. Uh, Thanks for the podcast. Awesome. They're getting so much from them. That's awesome. Thanks. Oh, by the way, if you are in in here, be sure you click on the StreamYard um, link because then we can see who this is rather than just Facebook user. It's it's Daniel Cedeño. Daniel, I figured, because he's always showing up and commenting first, so that's awesome. What's up, Daniel? Uh, He lives in Venezuela. Yeah. Hola, um, ¿qué tal? (laughs) 
let's talk about some advantages because I see some distinct advantages of having a non-native English teacher, depend, especially depending on your specific goals. Um, so I think first is in the area of the thing that I hate the most, which are You're gonna say exams. exams. <laughs> you know, okay, like exams. Okay, we all know that I like, don't take exams. Most of the time, do not take exams unless you have a specific reason, like don't do it. And, but if you do want to take an exam, I would think that it's better to be prepared for an exam from somebody who speaks your language that can explain certain things in your native language. Because remember, an exam is nothing more than a goal, right? It's a, it's a goal for a stepping stone to go somewhere else, right? And to achieve that specific goal, don't you think it would be a little more beneficial to, uh, for one, get it in your language, like the nuances, but two, learn from somebody who's done it that's exactly it somebody who's done it because if they hadn't done it they wouldn't be able to be where they are you know exactly. doing an english exam who's better to teach you how to do this english exam than somebody who you know they know the language but they've never been there in that situation you know we can't you know, we can teach techniques and we can try and help people with their exam stress but somebody who's actually been there and done that you surely you'd rather learn from them who they've been there and they said you know what i did that the first time i did it i failed why did i fail because of this i failed because you know I, i'm not i had to work really hard i got really nervous in the exam this is what i did to combat the nerves you know these are some techniques that i used rather than somebody coming in and saying these are the techniques that you should use you know we these go in the techniques teachers. that i've seen in a list in a book well, exactly. And that's what we do as as teachers. Yeah. And we say, you know, for me, it was great because I used these techniques to do the Spanish exam that, that I wanted to do. Um, but some of them, they don't work for everybody, you know, and some of them are just what you've read in a book. And it doesn't work when you're sitting there in an exam. Some people aren't great at underlining which words they see as relevant. <laughs> like, you know, it is and a good that's idea. That's so to do hilarious. It. That happened to me in class, you know, sometimes with these short questions, you know, on a B1 or a B2, like you have a short question, like, well, underline the important information. And it's like, they'll underline the entire sentence because it's like five words long. I'm like, well, you yeah. can't argue with that. <laughs> yeah. How do you define the important information in this, uh, in this respect? I, you just, you can't. No. And that's where like that personal experience would shine through because they, like we said before, they were there. They felt the, the pressure. They felt the stress. They felt the, the nerves and how their actual careers were on the line for yeah. taking this. And that's something we would not have. We don't. Have no, exactly. That. And now the, another massive advantage. Now the, I, I'm not a grammar fan. I'm not, I don't like teaching grammar. Um, it's not my choice of learning a language, but it, a lot of people do like it. You know, I can't knock people who like learning a language using grammar. Um, it, it can be a useful framework, but you know, I, I hate it. But then a non-native English speaker will know that English grammar a thousand times better than I do. 
because they have learned it while they're at school and like that's while they've been growing up and and you know they can learn English grammar from non-natives. Well, yeah, exactly. I've learned it from teaching it as well. But but you put a sentence in front of somebody and they can look at it and just say to you straight away, you know, oh, that's a mixed conditional. And I'll sit there and I'll kind of say it in my head and be like, it's not second conditional. It's not like, oh, it's a mixed conditional. You know, but they'll look at it straight away. Bam. There you go. Oh, look, there's a split infinitive there. Oh, look. And it's like, how are you doing this? You yeah. know, it's this something that's... No, that's the indirect object. Um... Yeah. I guess you're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. So why would you say whom here? Well, I'll tell you. Like, but it, they, these are the things that, as native speakers, we don't know. We have to, as teachers, we have to learn them. Um, but I remember on so many occasions, particularly when I was a, a very new teacher, that it was uh, it was really awkward because I, I wouldn't exactly know which tense it was, and I wouldn't know why grammatically it was said like that. And it, you don't want to just say. Well, because there was a great post on, on LinkedIn the other day, actually, that was um, from the, the lady Miranda from Twinkle. She posted it. Yeah, and she's it was great. Whole, she's amazing. Really, really good. And it was this whole thing of, you know, I'm a I'm an English speaker, so so I can teach English. Like, And that yeah. was the thing. And and it went on and it talks about something called a past participle. And we got into this. This whole whole, and... whole whole spiel, yeah, of you know, so so I turned it into it being a bit like a, a doctor's surgery, you know, because I didn't, what like I said, when I first heard past participle, I was like, do you need a cream for that? Right? And yeah, then she yeah. was like, you know, <laughs> she said, then, sir, you seem to have an inseparable phrasal verb. And my next one was, how serious is it, doctor? A first, <laughs> second, or third conditional? You know. Uh, she said, yeah. can I survive without it? I'm afraid it's a defining relative clause. You know, all these things that as native speakers, we kind of, we just get like, I don't know, we don't know what they mean. But no, people, we know how they work. We know how yeah. what sounds good usually. Um, but yeah, exactly. we If we know. were doing a use of English exam, we'd be able to pass it because we know what sounds right. Because Sometimes. we have those nuances. Well, yeah. But these are the places where, you know, knowing the grammar is useful in an exam because you can you can see it, you can recognize it. I find it difficult still to recognize it before I've like said it out and I look at it and go, oh, okay, that's a third conditional. And I've yeah. been teaching for over 14 years. Yeah, yeah. And um, no, absolutely. There are all these little nuances. Yeah, like when I started teaching phrasal verbs, that's phrasal verbs. Uh, and that was here in Spain, by the way. I taught for seven years in Korea without really touching on grammar. And that's one of the things that now that I think about it, Koreans really do well to teach grammar. They use Koreans. They use Koreans to teach grammar classes. And then they use native speaker to teach conversation and pronunciation and all of that. So especially in the academies where they teach kids and then after school, like I never studied grammar so or learned grammar or taught grammar. Um, you know, aside from there is, there are, do activities and stories. So I learned my grammar here in Spain. And when we got to like phrasal verbs, they're like, what's a phrasal verb? I'm like, yeah, well, let's look at this. Why don't you tell me? <laughs> you know what I mean? It was one of those. What and do you think the answer is? It's like, is that do a you agree with him, Pepe? Yeah, right. <laughs> is that a separable phrasal verb? Mm, 
Well, let's see. <laughs> How dare you call my phrasal verb separable, by the way? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, inseparable. They're always yes. together, those phrasals. <laughs> Forever. They're monogamous. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's cool. Once you learn them, then it builds up that language awareness, right, that we talked about earlier. Uh, once you learn how they work, and that's an advantage that non-native speakers have. If they learn that, if they take the time. Now, as we said before, there are lazy native speaker teachers and there are lazy non-native English speaker teachers um, that, you know, complain that they can't get a job. Meanwhile, they're not applying because, well, no one's hiring me. Well, <laughs> you got to get off your ass and and go do something too and make it happen. I really think that like that you're not going to hear me say this very often, but I think there might be an advantage to Brexit. And yeah. this is the only uh -oh, advantage to Brexit. Doom. Yeah, I think this is literally the only advantage to Brexit is that it isn't as possible for there to be such an influx of these, mm. you know, backpacker teachers who come over here for a year. So there might slowly, you know, be more and more and more non-native English speaking teachers hired because of the lack of, of new kind of blood coming over and, you know, keeping the academies rolling over. That's one of the things that, you know, the, the, the turnover in academies is, is insane. The amount of people that, that yeah. work in academies yeah. is absolutely ridiculous. Now, if you've got somebody who's from Seville or from wherever and they've grown up in that place and they want to live there forever and they want to teach there forever and they find a job that's, not badly paid, like, let's be honest, working in an academy in Spain, it's not badly paid. Maybe the conditions aren't fantastic, it's not incredible, but it's better than a lot of other other jobs. So, you know, hopefully we could get something good out of Brexit and that could be the, you know, this, a change in the opinion of, of non-native teachers. And maybe we could start just, I don't know, what could we yeah. call them? I don't know. Teachers? Maybe we could yeah. just call them teachers. <laughs> well, I think that's I mean, quite a good a good name for them. <laughs> you have a uh, you have a fixation with labels and names, really, like uh, expats and things like that. I really that do. I don't really have. I don't really. You can call me whatever the whatever you want, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but so this brings me in, I guess, just as we close, like what can be done? What can what are some steps that you see that academies can do, that teachers can do, that non-native teachers can do? Because let's not forget, let's not play the woe is me card and say oh, all the onus is on academies. Like there's a lot that non-native teachers can do that they're not doing for one, two. So, uh, well, before I get on a rant from that, what can be done in the industry? Um, By the way, let me let me actually get on this ramp because I have to because it's important. Uh, one of the things that I have seen, you know, I in our TEFL teachers in Seville group, I asked, you know, if anyone wanted to send me their CV and I'd look at it. And like it almost seems like the ones that I saw, there was no proofreading. There was no there were like no capital letters in the title, like simple things like that. And if I'm looking at a CV, if I'm an academy owner, and by the way, I'm talking to native teachers, like take some time and be professional with your CV, with your interview, with, with every, the whole process, treat yourself like a professional, 
like on your CV, spell check, uh, follow standardized CV building skills, like put verbs in there. What do you do? Not just, um, you know, I'm a passionate teacher. Who isn't? Right. So use capital. Don't really like teaching very much. Yeah. You're not going to put that in there, are you? No, exactly. I'm very creative. What does that mean? Right. What have you done? What are some specifics that you've done that you can contribute to my school? Right. And but if I see your CV and it doesn't have capital letters in the title, if it's misspelled, if it's hard to read, like I'm going to pass up your CV and it's going to go in the trash, not because you're a non-native English speaker or whatever we want to call you. It's because this CV is not professional. And yeah, and that's that, that's the same for, for anybody applying for any job as well. That, Absolutely. you know, wherever you're from, if you don't take those basic things. But yeah, then falling back onto it being, well, they ignored me because I'm not a native speaker. Well, no, they actually no. didn't. They ignored you because you couldn't give a damn about your CV and you know, and, and this, that, and the other, and you didn't go into the interview prepared, like going Absolutely. in there again, it's, you know, I'm sure you're talking about mindset here. Um, if you go into the interview with the mindset of, well, they're probably not going to hire me because mm. I wasn't born in an English speaking country, then they won't hire you because you're not going to be in there and giving your best. Whereas if you go in there and think I'm trained for this, I'm going to get this job because you know what? I'm good enough for it. You'll be, you'll have that confidence. You'll exude that confidence. And I know for a fact that the best teachers that I've ever seen, um, obviously bar you and me, um, have been, you know, people who speak English as a second, third, fourth language, you know, and the best writers of, well, not the best, but a lot of the writers of books and working for big publishers are not native speakers. You know, it's not, it's not the be all and end all. But what else can be done? I mean, it's about changing people's opinions, and I think they will slowly change. Um, here in Europe, they are slowly changing. Over in Asia, not so much because of that whole grammar for native of that country speaking teachers and then speaking for native of an English speaking teacher people speaking, teaching there. You see, I can't even speak and I'm an English teacher. That's it. You know what That's I mean? That's it. We're not going but another thing that Another thing that really winds me up as well is this thing of, you know, uh, native, non-native speaker. That's not actually what you mean, is it? Because if a lot of these people had an application from somebody from an African country that speaks in English and that their native language is English, they're going to look at that and say, oh, native English speaker, I am a native English speaker. Or from India, maybe, I am a native English speaker. Or from Singapore, I am a native English speaker. That's not what we mean. We don't mean native English speaker. What we mean is white. Uh, and that is one of the big problems a lot of the time when somebody writes in a native English speaker. What they mean is we want someone from England, we want someone from America, we want someone from Ireland, or we want someone from Australia. That's it. We don't, yeah. We're not thinking of native teachers elsewhere, but that, again is another debate. I'm going to leave you very, very shortly. I'm going to say goodbye yes. before I'm I get too ranty. So, uh, um, thank you. And this is a, uh, this is a question that came in guys. How do you stop that voice in in your head, which always trying to translate everything and listen to your own language. It's really uncomfortable. I actually have 
some YouTube material that's a little off topic for today, but I have some YouTube videos that I talk about exactly that. And I guess just long story short, the, the simple answer is you probably already do it a lot more than you realize. And if you realize that, if you understand and accept the times when you don't translate, because here's the thing, our minds see what we want to see, right? So like if you say an entire sentence, like if I ask you what you did this morning, you say, I woke up at seven o'clock. You didn't have to translate that, right? But then if you're, you have a sentence and then you have one word or this one little part that you're translating, oh, I'm always translating in my head. Well, no, you're not. You translated you that one word, part, right? Yeah. So I think the big right story is I can share that video in the comments of the group um, later for that. Signing off, Harry. I am indeed. I'm going to go eat some lunch. I'm going to much love everybody. Think. Next week I won't be available because I will be in Temple Teachers in Seville giving my strip presentation. So um, feel free to come along to that, anybody. And uh, yeah. yeah. I'll see Very you Very nice. Then I'll see you the week after next. Have fun. And um, guys, I'm going to, you can go ahead. I'm going to sign off here too. And uh, thank you for joining me. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for listening after the fact. Again, wherever you're watching this, you can hit the subscribe button. So you get updates every time that we upload a lesson. We're going live here every Friday and this is just a really good time. It's a really good topic. It's a really good, I think it's a really good vision what we're working towards. And that's cleaning up and helping empower non-native English speakers, teachers, and learners. Because a rising boat lifts all ships. And if we can raise the level of English teaching, then we can raise the level of, of English learners, we can raise the level of English education, we can raise the level of opportunities for non-native speakers, and everything rises together. That's what we're going for, and that's what we are working towards. So that's it for me. Thank you guys for watching live. Thank you guys for listening after the fact. Let me know if there's anything specific you would like us to cover in the future. Other than that, keep teaching, keep learning. Thanks for watching and listening. I'll see you next time.